Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You can be seated. Love, I love all those songs. I'm glad they put all the verses up there. You know, it's amazing to me that these songs that we sing, they're written so long ago, the documents of our country, and I've been watching it all and looking at it all, and I just love all that, Memorial Weekend, of course. And so, obviously, we are blessed because of the freedoms we have, the men and women that fight and die for them, but the country was founded on the true freedom that only God can bring. Amen? And so I know that our world's changing, and I know that our country, even some, is changing, but you can't get away from really the core essence of our freedom being God. And you see it in the songs, you see it in the writings, and man can say what man wants to say, and man can live how man wants to live, but you still can't take God out of our freedom. They are tied together. And we know that as Americans, but we especially know that as believers, because we really know the value of true freedom, because our freedom comes from the highest price ever paid by Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. And as Americans, we understand that freedom is not free, again, as believers too, and so we should never squander our rights, our freedoms. In fact, the scripture says that we're not free for the sake of being free to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We are free to leverage our freedom for the good of others. And really, that's what makes our country great. And honestly, as long as we can stay focused on that, and we need to hold on to that and honor God in that, and those that provide that, the men and women that lay their life on the line, will continue to walk in our freedom. But sadly, people don't understand where freedom really comes from. And we think that freedom is so that we can indulge ourselves or live the way we want. And the irony of that is, when people live that way, with their freedom being leveraged for their own personal self, we find more rules and restrictions have to come, right? Because we don't understand where real freedom comes for. from. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And no greater love hath a man than he lay down his life for another. Amen? We are truly blessed in this country with the freedoms. And so again, we say thank you to all of you that have served or are serving our military. Many of you have <clears throat> put your time in over the years, and we thank you for that. You have family and loved ones. My dad spent six years in the Army, two combat tours in Vietnam. I'm very proud of that fact. And I know many of you have similar stories, so it, it, it takes people to, to watch over and provide the freedoms for our country. So we honor all of you today. And in fact, as we get into the message this morning, you can turn to Malachi chapter one. I really felt led <clears throat> leading up to today to just walk through some things on honor. It had been in my heart for a while, and as it kind of the picture became more clear, the wise and some different things have happened throughout the course of these last few weeks, to be quite honest with you, that really shaped uh, where I want to go this week and next week as we talk about honor. And it was interesting. Um, we had a good friend of ours that had been at Tree of Life for a number of years. Uh, his name was Eric Graybill. Many of you probably know Eric and Heidi Graybill. Uh, Eric was a captain in the Army. He was stationed at Samsee. And he was, um, did a lot as a nurse over there. And then he got transferred to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Anybody ever been to Fort Campbell, Kentucky? I knew we had some people, some military people over there. And uh, so he went over there about a year and a half ago, and not long after he got there, he got his orders to ship out and got deployed. Uh, he is a, a surgical nurse, as I said, so he was part of, prob- like I would describe as a MASH unit, and probably some of you would know better, but, but a MASH unit. And so he had a 10-month deployment. Now, we have a lot of Tree of Lifers, and we're, we're honored and blessed to have you here, military people. I, I probably hadn't had as close relationship with any of you like I've had with Eric from, on a personal level friendship. So we kept up in different things while he was serving, and, and with his wife, uh, Heidi, and his three kids. And so we had a chance to visit them in January, and then uh, we heard, they let us know that he was coming home 
from deployment just a few weeks ago, actually, a few Saturdays ago, at Fort Hood, because his unit was attached to a Fort Hood unit. And they were in places like Syria, in Amman, Jordan. They were in Baghdad for a while, but they had to leave because it got so dangerous because of ISIS. And they ended up uh, finishing their time in Kuwait. And they did things like, in the time that they were there, they had over 10,000 soldiers come through where they were serving, um, American soldiers as well as coalition soldiers, 300 in critical, very critical condition. So we definitely thank them for that. So uh, we went to Fort Hood, my wife and I and my girls, we went to Fort Hood for the homecoming. We'd never experienced anything like that. And so while we were waiting, as you do in military, I assume you, you wait and wait and they give an announcement to let you know that you're going to be waiting a little longer. And then they like to come and announce again that you're going to be waiting. You're waiting and you think they're coming to the microphone. Oh, this is it. And they come to the microphone and should tell you you're waiting. And, you say, and I want to say, we already know that. Why did you even go to the microphone then? Right? <laughs> just waiting and waiting. Anyway, so, um, but it was interesting just observing everybody else in the room. It was a gymnasium and a lot of people there for sure, parents of soldiers, spouses of soldiers. Uh, we saw women that were there, moms with their kids uh, we saw moms with little babies that obviously with a 10-month deployment must have been born at some point in time while the soldier was over. We saw uh, husbands there, uh, there waiting for their wife to return uh, with kids, um, probably girlfriends, family friends. We were family friends. He had no idea we were coming. And it was amazing when they marched into the room, just, it was just, everybody was glued on that, the excitement. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that no one just bolted for them. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure there's strict military protocol and but I'm um, surprised no one just bolted for him. And it was just this ceremony thing, which was actually kind of cool. But, you know, everybody's waiting. Come on, just get over it. And then when they get the big dismissed, it was like this massive humanity meeting in the middle, this big crush of people and hugs and all that stuff. It was really touching. And to me, it really just made me appreciate more all that our, our soldiers do. And not just our soldiers, our family, our, those that are on the field being deployed, but those that are at home. And we're really blessed because of the sacrifice. Again, it was, to me, a first time many of you probably experienced that. So we have much to be thankful for. In fact, I, I think in here in our service today, talking about somebody coming home from deployment, uh, Michael and Karen, where are you guys at? I know you guys sit over here. Why don't you stand up? Karen just got back from her deployment. Karen just returned, so thank you. Thank you, guys. He's been telling us he's married. We just didn't ever really believe him until you showed up a couple weeks ago. Well, thank you. And uh, actually, she's been deployed, I think, three times in the last five years. So we thank you for your service, and, and Michael, for you in, in support of that. So uh, we're just blessed to live with people that still believe in laying your life down, serving, and using your freedom for the good of others. And so that's what makes our country great, and you know, we need to keep in perspective. So it's important to give honor where honors do. Amen? And so the ultimate honor that we give, however, goes to the Lord, goes to God. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. So a number of other things kind of came and kind of helped me formulate where we're going to go this week and next week. Kind of an introduction really today, and then we'll get into it next week. Um, Just this idea of what else is there that we honor in life? Because life is full of opportunities to honor. And God says he honors those who honor him. And how do we honor God? There's things that we can do. But a lot of our honor to God is how we honor those around about us. And so we'll honor other people, and it will be an expression to God of our love and honor for him and to him. And, and so, you know, I think there's things and opportunities that we miss every single day that happen. In fact, um, I think part of, part of where we're at as a country, and I'm not, you know, a political speaker by any means, but I think part of where we're at as a country is that we have lost this sense of honor. We, I think each generation has kind of got a little bit further away from that. And we've almost pride ourselves on criticism. 
right? It seems like we almost pride ourselves on, on criticism or judgment or, or almost attacking others or others' opinions or whatever that is and promoting our own agendas and things like that. And I think the young people of today and the generations to come, in fact, the generation that we're in, I don't think that, that they are not one that want to bring honor. I think they weren't taught. I just think they weren't taught. And I think honor is such a powerful thing as we'll see in the scripture. And let me say it this way. It's really kind of an easy thing. You know, our goal is to line our life up with the word of God, and that's the best place to live, the blessed place to live, the best place to live. It's all the same. I got a throat lozenger in my mouth. I'm really sorry, but I saw the first service. I couldn't hardly talk. I kept coughing because I had a tickle in my throat, and I thought, it's not funny. And uh, I called it tickle in your throat. Frustrated. Anyway, so uh, we, we lost our sense of honor, and it's time to bring that back. But honor is some, so simple in our life. We miss so many opportunities, but yet it's so powerful because it's a real godly principle. And so I want to share some things, just kind of setting it up for you today. I really think it's important for us to get back to this, to engage in it, but especially to teach the younger generation. And I try to do that with my kids. And again, very proud of my dad's service. We make it a point to connect with soldiers when we see them in uniform and thank them. And, and the, other, the other night, Wednesday night, um, Jessamy and Callie are in Mexico with Pastor Jeff at Audible de Vida, which I'm really jealous. I'm glad I'm here with you, but I love opportunities. So they got to go down and spend some time there. And so Camry and I, we're kind of on our own this week, which is an odd mix. Camry's the life of the party, and I think I'm kind of a little boring, actually. And so we went out after church to Chipotle, one of our favorite places to go. And we were standing in line. In front of us was the sheriff's deputy, and he was a big man. I mean, he was a really big guy, just tall, big, just, and he had the, all the stuff on. And so it was he, then Camry, then myself. And so we're going through the line, and I really felt in my heart, it's like, I just want to buy that guy's meal. I don't know what he's getting. I want to buy the meal. But I was watching because he looked big, looked like he could eat a lot. And I think it was the biggest burrito I've ever seen come out of Chipotle. I think two people, one on each end, carrying it down the line right there, making it happen. And so when he got to the register, I came around Camry, and they told him the amount. And he reached to get his wallet, and I, I didn't want to touch him. But I said, I said, I want to pay for his. And he looked at me and said, he said, no, that's nice. I got it. And I definitely wasn't going to argue with the man. I said, Camry and I want to pay for yours. My daughter and I. And we just, I said, we just, and Camry's right there. She's probably a little embarrassed, but I'm like, we just want to bless you. We just, he's looking at me. I said, we just appreciate what you do. I mean, he was a sheriff's deputy. I'm like, we appreciate what you do every day serving people. So let us just be a blessing to you. And, and he said, okay. And uh, I'm glad I didn't have to physically restrain him. So that was good. <laughs> I did that in front of my daughter. But so we just, and, and the good in that was, I know how important honor is, but I wanted to show my daughter and they just need to be taught that. And so I think there's a generation waiting for you and I to step up and bring honor back in a greater capacity. And I think that we can see some things change that way. Honor's kind of been lost a little bit, but honestly, it's a huge principle in the Bible. And we need to be living the Bible. That's our greatest place of blessing. So let's take a look at it for a minute. Malachi 1, uh, verse 6. We'll start right there this morning. Here's what it says. The son honors his father, a slave his master. And this is, uh, let me, oh, hold on for a second. This is the prophet Malachi. He's a minor prophet, but he is speaking here to the children of Israel, kind of get some things in order. You guys have drifted away from stuff. God speaks through him. It's like, we got to get some things straightened out. It's the last book in the Old Testament. And then there's a 400 year break before we see the New Testament. So an important book, book for sure. And God deals with some different things. And here he's dealing with honor. So a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, again, God's speaking through the prophet Malachi, Where's the honor due me? If I'm a master, where's the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. Basically what God's saying is, I see you honoring different things, but what about me? And not from a sad, pathetic, what about me? Where's my honor? That's not God. He doesn't need to do that. He's God. 
But from a standpoint of, you're missing a whole point here, you're honoring other things, but make no mistake about it, honor to me is going to get you the best things in life. The greatest benefits will come. Not that we do anything to get anything. That's not the motivation, but we honor God for who he is. So he's like, "Um, I'm a father, I'm Father God, I'm a master, and I see you giving it here, but you need to remember me in all this. It is you priests, now when he says priests, he's talking Old Testament, the priests were a small group of people in the Old Testament, but remember, we're living in New Testament times, so translate to New Testament, the Bible says that you and I, all those who are believers, are kings and priests. So this is speaking to all of us. This is speaking to the church, it's to the believers. So it is you who are in church, call Jesus Lord, Christ followers, who show contempt, I'll explain that word for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name. Great question. We're going to answer that a little bit here. So where's the honor? Where'd the honor go? God says, you're honoring other things, but what about the honor that comes to me? And when you see the word respect and honor, it's really the same word. It's just the translator just chose to use one or the other, but they're interchangeable here. So we could say honor or respect. Where's the respect shown me? And contempt means this, because he talks about there, you show contempt for my name. Contempt means to reduce something down from what it should be. That's our working definition. So we know God is God and should be elevated above all else. But he says, you're showing me contempt. Basically, what he's saying is, you're reducing me down from where I should be. And I would say that's probably true. In our world today, he's been reduced down, unfortunately, but let it not be said of us. It means that we keep him in that place of honor. But it means that we're reducing him down in situations in our life from where he should be. The question is how? And again, as I explained a little bit about the experiences that, that got me to this point, I've really just been looking at honor. It just has been all around me, what I've been doing. I'll say this, uh, perhaps many of you know, a few weeks ago, uh, a Marine, 28-year-old Marine from Marion, it was a Marion Bulldog, 28-year-old Marine uh, died of cancer. You may have read the story in the paper, it's on Facebook. Uh, we got a call from the uh, funeral home that said, we have a young Marine here, he just, uh, his life just ended from cancer, <clears throat> and we don't have a facility big enough to host the funeral. Would you guys do it? I, I, let me say, I didn't need to pray about that one. He's a Marine? Absolutely. Why? Because we honor the military. So we had, that, we had the service here. So... We said, absolutely. And let me tell you this, it wasn't the most convenient time because we had just had refreshed on Friday night, worked really hard. We had Sunday morning, Mother's Day. My mom brought a great word. We had a great time. Then we had Daniel Eric Grove's night of worship coming up on Friday night, and they wanted to have it Friday morning. Well, that, we're typically off on Fridays, and it's like, there was never a thought of, well, I'm off. It's really inconvenient. We're kind of tired. We're a little wore out. It was like, absolutely. We have an opportunity to honor this man, his life, and the family that he leaves behind. And so then I got a phone call a little bit later. It says, well, he doesn't have a pastor. Will you do the service? And I said, well, again, absolutely. I'm honored to do that. I I didn't know the man from anybody. And so I sat down with his wife, his widow, and his dad, and we took some time. And then, you know, the Lord led us in the ceremony. Um, Again, opportunities to honor abound, and not just perhaps on that scale. We've had several others. We've honored several others. In fact, by the end of this coming week, in three weeks, we'll have had four funerals here and uh, we just want to honor people in, at that moment in their lives and their families. Uh, let me just tell you real quick about the Marine, his family, Bradley Rich. Um, Friday night after the night of worship, and night of worship, can I tell you, that was a great night. We went from 7 to 
Some of you guys remember, that's what we used to do, Pastor Tree. That used to be church. We did it for two and a half hours. That's it. Here at Tree Life, we used to do it to two and a half to three hours. You guys will remember that, right? So we had church that night, had a great time. After it was over, I was up on stage with Cody, and this lady uh, made her way up the stairs to us, and I started walking down, and she said, hold on, sir, can I talk to you? She had tears in her eyes, and she was very close to the young Marine, and she said, thank you for the service, and she goes, I knew that you were doing a night of worship I saw on your literature, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to come. I thought, well, God bless you. You didn't know anything about our church, and you're here for two and a half hours, and she said it was wonderful. It really just was what I needed, and when is your service on Sunday? And so, you know, we don't ever do to get... I'm going to have the service so more people will come to Tree of Life. Our motivation is just to honor people and honor God, and then God works out all those other details and blessings and benefit come from that. And you never, ever know unless you step out and honor. But honor is so powerful for the giver and the recipient, but our motivation is because we love God not to get anything in return. And so it's amazing that all the things that have happened around about us, and you know, I think the problem with this generation is they haven't been taught. They haven't been taught to open doors for ladies. Come on, ladies. Come on, I just gave you a great opportunity right there. Come on. Amen. <clears throat> That's the reality of it all. And, and some would say, well, ladies don't want that anymore. And I would say, you're sadly mistaken. And even when I open the door for a lady and she walks in and doesn't say anything, that doesn't bother me at all because I know inside she's thinking, that was real nice. I appreciate that. But I, hey, listen, I don't have a little boy. I don't have a boy. So, man, you need to be teaching your little boys to open up the door, if nothing else, for mom. Right? And then whatever. They need to be, you need to grow those young men to be honoring. And listen, if you want any boy around one of my girls, <laughs> everybody open doors and, you know, whatever, put their coat down in the mud puddle and bring in dad gifts. I mean, that's just, that's how it works. I'm, it's just honor is so powerful and we discount it so many times because we think no one really cares or insignificant. But let me tell you, God cares and it's significant to God. In fact, he's the rewarder. He's the one that has written a scripture that instructs us on that. I would say, you know what? We all need to do a better job at thanking soldiers. We need to thank a soldier. And we need to honor your elders. It seems like there's so much rebellion now in people and disrespecting their elders. And they are deserving of honor and the wisdom that they carry for years. Um, you know, we need to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. We need to be taught, kids need to be taught that. I, I believe in honor, and I believe when you honor people, you honor God. What would our families look like if our kids, as the Bible says, showed the proper respect to parents? It doesn't happen all the time in homes, and not even some of our homes in church. What would happen if parents respected their kids and spoke to them correctly? I mean, you got to discipline them, but there's a respect that comes with that as well. What would it look like if our husbands respected our wives more? What would it look like if our wives respected our husbands more? We can all improve in some capacity. There's a great powerful principle with honor We can all do that more. Uh, What about kids respecting their teachers? Come on, I got some teachers out here in the audience. Come on, what about kids respecting their teachers? Yeah, I had about one lady, teacher lady, stand up on the front row. That's right, Pastor. She's ready ready for revival when I said that. I was like, and that lady was teacher of the year at one of the elementary schools. I was really proud that she was a tree lifer. And uh, but what did it look like in our classroom? Hey, can I just tell you, when I was in school, I was a pretty good kid. I got falsely accused one time. And so <laughs> that's my story. I'm sticking to it. My mom's on the front row. And so uh, I got taken out in the hall and I remember the vice principal coming down and he didn't mess around. He had a big old wooden paddle in his hand and he said, grab your ankles and lit me up a few times. And I promise I never got in trouble again. And that was when I was in high school. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll move on from that one. I'll leave that one alone and I won't say bring that back. But anyways, um, you know, so what would that look like? What about government officials? No, it really doesn't matter who you voted for. 
Once the vote's done, then we honor, period. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. And really, if you didn't vote, you don't have a voice. I mean, I'm, sorry, I'm not going to be ugly here, but if you didn't vote, then you vote. You just need to keep your mouth shut. And, and sorry, you got to love me anyways. You got to honor me as your pastor. But anyway, so we have, no, I don't. We have to understand that honor really is, and really everything I've just mentioned right here, for the most part, it's not difficult. But the reward is so amazing. Not that we give to get. Our motivation is not to get. That's the icing on the cake. But we do it because we love God. And God is worthy of honor. And so we need to be aware of that. I I think, again, we need to bring that back and make a greater emphasis. Let me keep going for a little bit. This is kind of an intro. So uh, here's the thing. It is Memorial Day. I'm going to take my pastor hat off for a minute. I'm going to put my patriotic hat on. Not that I have to switch those or one and the same. But hey, what about honoring the flag? What in the world has happened to that in our country today? Right? I tell you, I, I saw someone about, I don't remember, it was in California or something like that, at some college, about stepping on the flag. I was about ready to fly over there myself, right? I lay hands on them. I'm going to fly over there, lay hands on you, then repent and heal you. I don't know what, I don't know what but it was, come on, it's the symbol of this country's freedom that represents the men and women who lay their life down. You know, it's, it's extremely important to honor I love, I love sporting events. I love sporting events. And I love, I especially love when we stand and we sing the national anthem. And my kids get embarrassed because I sing it loud and proud. I love it. And I'm amazed at how many people don't. Or they're texting or eating a hot dog or whatever. And I'm amazed at how many people don't even know the song. I'm amazed at how many people don't put their hand over their heart for the national anthem or take their hat. I want to go snatch their hat off their head is what I want to do. And but then I don't want to be on Facebook, you know, the Facebook post or the front page. But there's a lot of things that we can do that will bring honor to what we do and will glorify and honor God. And it's really something I think that maybe because it's so simple, we overlook it or miss it. But it's really the simple things are the powerful things. And so God made everything so simple so man wouldn't miss out. God didn't create a complicated gospel. I didn't create a, a complicated Bible, that instruction, a playbook, so that men would be confused and miss out on things. The devil distracts us and gets us confused at times, but really it's the simple things that bring the power of God in our lives. And honor is one of those things. And it's simply something that we can start before we leave today and do things with those around about us. What about on the job? On the job, I hate my job, my boss. What if you, what if you honored him a little bit? Maybe the change that you're looking for is God's waiting for you to show a little bit of honor. I'll, I'll get you that other job, but you need to show me that you can honor the boss and job that you have. Be thankful you have a job. Right. Honor where you're at, and God will promote you. What about my financial situation? I just need a breakthrough, God. I need a breakthrough. Well, can I just say you honor God with your finances? Because you can be faithful in the little things to make you the ruler of much. And God may not promote you or take you to another job until you can honor where you're at. And so I think there's just some things that really we struggle with in life or we pray for in life or we find these circumstances and challenges and really it would really, things could just turn around in a moment just from a little bit of honor because there's power in the word of God when you're a doer of the word. And so some great things here that we understand that come from that. Let's take a look at Malachi 2. Let's keep going. It's a continuation, Malachi 2, 1 and 2. Let's take a look at what it says. And now, and now you priests, there he's talking to all of us again, because we're all that, that know Jesus. This warning's for you. 
If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I'll send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Now understand here, people have a hard time with this. This is Old Testament, different than New Testament. But understand when Adam fell, this world was cursed. When Adam and Eve in the garden, they allowed the curse in. Death, sin, disease, destruction came in at that point in time. The Bible says that at that point in time, the curse came in. That everything that's cursed needs to be redeemed. So that's why we're so thankful Jesus came. He came to redeem us from the curse of the law. Amen? But understand, everything needs to be redeemed. And how you use it will either bring redemption or not. It will bring blessing or it will leave it in the cursed state. That's why bringing the first fruits, why you say why we tithe around here, is because the Bible says that's how we honor God. We bring our first fruits in the storehouse, and the storehouse is the place by which the vehicle which we honor God. It's the same as giving it to God. It's the vehicle that it gets there. And the Bible says when you bring your first fruits into the storehouse and honor God with it, that it redeems the rest. There's a curse on money just because it is of this world, and so it needs to be broken. So you doing something with what you have, returning it back into the Lord, breaks the curse off of it or redeems the rest of it. So that's the principle there. I don't know if you were here Wednesday night, but Cody Wayne Jones sitting there on the front row, he preached a phenomenal message Wednesday night in service. Everybody needs to go watch it on the stream. Everybody. And in his, one of his illustrations, which was very appropriate, he was using an umbrella, which was very appropriate because we could hear the torrential downpour hitting the canopy <laughs> that night. And so it was just God working with him. Thank you for flowing with God in that. And so he used the umbrella and said that you can stand under the umbrella under the protection or you can step out from it and get wet. And it's the same principle. You can choose what this scripture is saying. You can choose to stand under the blessing of God and do what the Bible says, which puts you and positions you under the blessing, or you can step out and get all soaked, soaked to the bone. But the good thing is, at any point in time, you can just step back underneath that protection of God and blessing of God. So you can be under the blessing by honoring, or you can be outside of the blessing by not. It's your choice. It's not God doing anything. It's we live in a cursed world already. That's here. So it's your choice. But the, pro- but the thing about it is, the beauty of it is, if you're outside of the blessings of God, then all you need to do is step back in with a little honor and position yourself back under the protection and blessing of God. And so God set it up that way for us to work, you know, the word in our lives. And just by doing some little things that are honoring, it will position you for the blessing. So what does it mean to honor? Let's talk about that for a minute. And the Hebrew word, which the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, 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 <laughs> Hebrew. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I t- I got, now that's a tickle, not in my throat. That just, I got tickled on that one, but not the throat thing. That's, all right. Kava is the word, if you even care now, but in the Hebrew word is kava. And the Greek word, the same word in the New Testament, is tomeo, tomeo. And so those are just words that means to honor. So you can see that it's all throughout the Old and New Testament. But let me define honor for you. It means to add value, to give it some worth. It means weighty. It means weighty. And I love that word, weighty, because it means you have to deal with it. It's something you can't ignore. It's something you cannot avoid. It's like an illustration might be if you're driving your car down the road and all of a sudden there's a big, huge boulder in the middle of it. Guess what? You have to deal with it. It's there. You can't ignore it. You have to deal with it. And I think that's a great definition of honor. It's something you can't avoid or ignore. It's there. It has weight. You have to give honor to it because it has some weight. So if honor means weighty, then the opposite of honor would be dishonor. And then the opposite then would be to take lightly. 
or remove weight from it. And wouldn't it be safe to say that that's probably what we're experiencing in our world today, that we take some things that we should honor too lightly? I mean, God just being one, the main one, but a lot of other things concerning that. Honestly, I think we're a generation that takes some things lightly. We tend to treat things today as common and ordinary when they shouldn't be treated as common or ordinary. Uh, Let me give you an example uh, for me. I love this example, but the way our society views people and whether it gives them honor or not, they have weight or taken lightly. I think sometimes the honor, the society or culture looks at based on what you have. You know, how much you have. It just seems like people that don't have anything don't get as much respect as people that do. And that's sad. And I think there is something to be said about our society seeing things that way. Well, the interesting thing to me in that is, and we may look at the world and think that people that don't have much don't have much of a voice, and people that do seem to have a voice. When you look through the scriptures, especially Psalms and Proverbs, you see verses that talk about showing contempt to uh, poor and dishonoring God their maker. And so there's things that we have to be careful of when we're looking at things, uh, when we look at things and to honor that we need to honor the way God would honor. We need to honor what God would honor. And that word contempt means to make light of or or make lighter. It it means basically we've brought it down from its intended level to an ordinary level. Instead of being extraordinary, we've brought it down to ordinary. Instead of being uncommon, we brought it down to common. And I think if we're honest, that's kind of what we do with God and the things of God a lot of times. And really the way that we understand that is if we're not giving honor where honors due with people and things we've already discussed, then it's we've brought it down to a level of our level and as not God never intended it to be that way. And so even things like honoring the poor, and we do that here and we, we help them, the Family Life Center is for that. But then you understand the scripture says, when Jesus says, when you've done it unto one of the least of these, help me finish it out, you've done it unto me. So if you bring dishonor to people, when you have an opportunity to help and you choose not to, let's say, you have an opportunity to do something and you choose to do something else or walk away, then you need to be very careful because you just may have dishonored that person, but then you may have just dishonored God. And again, the Bible, especially in Psalms and Proverbs, has a lot to say about honoring and helping the the people that have not when you have something. And so we need to be very aware of that. When you walk into the gathering place and you see those gray bins that are asking us to go and, and spend a little bit of extra $5, $10 at the store to get some couple boxes of mac and cheese or whatever the list is, you can bring that. I think we all can do that. You know what that's doing? You know what those bins are there for? That's so you can honor people that are in need. And you know what? Every box of mac and cheese, sounds funny, but every box of mac and cheese, you throw in that bin right there, God will honor you for it. He will. We talk about missions, and as we said, Mission Sunday coming up. Anything you throw in there in missions, people that are in need, people that are without the gospel, people that are, we have orphanages we're supporting, we have other things that we're doing in India, new missions initiatives, you know what? Anything that you give towards that, guess what? God will honor you for it. We need to be aware of what our actions are or words are that will bring honor to what God's doing. We want to be a place that honors people here. We want to be a people of honor. Last year, and I want you to hear my illustration here. Last year, I had the opportunity to go to the Capitol, and it was my second time, in fact, to be invited to open up the day's session. Uh, Last Two times ago, I did it for the House of Representatives. Uh, Nathan Macias, who was a representative at that time, invited me. Uh, Last time, I was invited by Senator Campbell, who's a tree lifer, uh, to open prayer at the Senate. And uh, that was a huge honor for me. But I got to tell you, I've never been more nervous in my life. 
And, and so there's a lot of things I got in the email, and you need to do this and have, have my prayer submitted. I had to have it word for word written out and submitted, and then I had to read it word for word, and it couldn't be longer than 90 seconds. And I thought, 90 seconds? I can't even say hi in 90 seconds. And I, and I don't, when I pray, I don't use it. I don't read a prayer. I just flow, you know. I was, can I just flow? And uh, apparently not. And so uh, up there, so I was really nervous. And so here's the thing. When the day came, I left. I planned so I would get there an hour early. I did, because I, I didn't want to be late. I mean, I can't be late. It's the Texas Senate. I didn't want to get lost with. There's a wreck. I'm 35. What if something happens with my car? Whatever. I had contingency plans like crazy people I was going to call if my car broke down. And I sat in a hallway at the Capitol for 45 minutes. That's how early I was there, waiting. Just I didn't even know what to do. I want to make sure I went. I think this is the right wing. I'm, I'm waiting here. And eventually, Senator Campbell came walking by and looked at me and said, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I didn't want to be late. <laughs> and so she took me back in her office. We visited. I got to go out onto the floor. They gaveled everybody to call to order. And I had, you know, I, I went over 90 seconds. I'm sorry. But I, I, I prayed. I read my prayer and, and finished it up and was just so relieved and so nervous and I met so many people, and thank you, and yes, sir, yes, ma'am. No, and I thought, and, and really, when I was studying for this message, I thought, why am I that way with Texas state senators and not with everybody else? And I really felt God said, you know, if you really want to honor everybody, you should see as a Texas state senator. But the reality is that we just don't sometimes. And, and, the, and, the, and I'm just going to be really transparent and honest. There are people that, I, that I've come to meetings late to, and if it's you, forgive me. There's people I've come to meetings late to, and I've been busy and just got distracted by the things, and I thought, well, it's okay, they'll understand. It's okay if I'm a few minutes late. Am I the only one? Because you're making me feel like, I can't believe you do that, Pastor. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about, though, and, and that's dishonoring. It's dishonoring to that person, and therefore it's dishonoring to God. So, and, and the way I would talk and the way I would treat them and all that kind of things, everybody should be treated like a Texas senator. And I just really felt that that was something that God was speaking to me. I want to share that with you. But that's kind of the mentality that we need to have. And really, it is so simple. And here's another thing. How about when you're sitting talking to someone, you're in a meeting, and you're on your phone texting, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm good, uh-huh. Hey, can I, can I respond? Can I take this? Are you good? That's not very honoring. And, and I've done that before, too, so forgive me. <laughs> but it's this idea of every day we're in situations where just a simple comment, a simple remark, a simple action would not only bring honor to that person, but most importantly, bring honor to God. And I think it's easy if we'll be aware of that and make some changes in our life. Let me close. I, I got uh, eight minutes left. I want to get this one script, passage of scripture out to you. I'm going to close it with this, and I'll pick up the rest next week. But turn to Mark 6 for me, verse 1. Here's a passage of scripture that Jesus is engaged with some people, and, and really this whole principle comes out really powerfully. And I think it's how cool how it's illustrated here. We're going to look at the flip side of it. Let's read through the scripture. Then we'll look at the flip side of it. And here's what he says. Jesus left there, the place he was, the city he was, and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. They all went together. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. That was a big deal. Jesus teaching in the synagogue where everyone's uh, there participating or listening. He's the teacher in the synagogue. It was a big deal. And many heard him, and many who heard him were amazed. Now, let me stop for a second. The word amazed here is like, it wasn't like, wow, he's awesome. He's the best preacher ever. I hope he's here every day. I can't wait for his next seminar or whatever. It wasn't that at all. It was, we'll see that in the, in the wording that follows. It was they thought, who does he think he is? It was more of a sarcastic I mean, where's this coming from? This is different than what we ever heard. Why does he think he has all the answers? Who made him whatever, you know? 
And so he goes on to say this, where did this man get these things? And I want you to understand what that word amaze comes from. It's kind of really sarcastic. Where did this man get these things? Where, who does he think he is? What's this wisdom that's been given to him? Where did he get it? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Does he think he's a somebody? Goes on. Isn't this the carpenter? You're kidding me. Isn't this the guy that made our kitchen table? I mean, who is this? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't they kind of the rowdiest boys in the neighborhood? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without what? Honor, respect in his own town, among his relatives and family, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And this is such a powerful passage of Scripture talking what we're talking about, that there was no honor, there was no respect shown the Son of God. And so it's interesting to me that the Son of God could not do very many miracles. And it wasn't because of him, it was because of them, right? What they did was they brought him down to common and ordinary. They brought him down and took him lightly. Only in the place where you treat something as common, only in the place where you take something lightly, He's God. And isn't it interesting that right here it says the Son of God was limited by the attitude of the recipients. I mean, I think maybe sometimes we're not getting what we think we should be getting or what we're getting and we're going to blame the devil and we're going to blame circumstances around about us. But just maybe it's our own attitude. It's our own view of things. So if that's true, the story's true, wouldn't the opposite be true also? What would it be like if the recipients elevated things? That would put us in a position to receive more than we would have. Wouldn't you agree? What would it be like if the recipients saw him as the son of God and didn't bring him down to ordinary? So I got to thinking about that. What would it be like And when we come in these doors? See, we're not just coming to church with our, with our problems and with our challenges of life or with the circumstances to bring him to church. We're bringing him to God. What would it be like if we come through these doors and and we're coming and we're honoring the word of God that's taught? And I'm not saying we're not doing that, but I'm saying don't come in here with the mentality of, oh, I've heard that passage before. Oh, he's preached on this two years ago, or I took notes here, or or heard this. What would it be if we just honored the word of God because it's just flat the word of God and has power and life to it? And no matter what they're preaching up here from the word, we give it honor. It releases power in our life. What if we come into worship and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if we like those songs or why couldn't we start with another song? This song again, I wish David would sing or Cody or Troy or one of the girls or, or Tracy or Sharonica. What if, that's not my favorite song. Not my, what if we just worship the God that's worthy of honor and it didn't matter what the song was. What if we just elevated him to a high place? What if we made him weighty and, and amazing? What if we came in and, and it was time to give and, and all of a sudden we, we honored him with our first fruits and we recognized him as source and provider and then we gave generously the tithe and then above that and the offering. What would that look like? I'll tell you what it looked like. It looked like signs, wonders, and miracles would be operating because if the opposite's true when we bring dishonor or contempt or we bring him down to our level or we focus on other things, nothing happens. I just didn't get anything out of that service today. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's a, I mean, what were you pulling on? What, what, how'd you come in? 
Because remember, you're not just coming to church. You're not just bringing your things to church. You're bringing it to Jesus. This is the vessel here that he uses. But maybe, you're, maybe we don't receive sometimes, not because of the pastor or the worship team or the class or the teacher or whatever. Maybe it's us. I, and, and, and if I can recognize that's me, thank God. Don't take offense this morning. Thank God, because it just means a little adjustment will put me back underneath the umbrella of God's blessing and benefit. And I love that about God. See, this isn't rocket science. It's not deep theology. It's a powerful, simple principle about maybe we could just give a little more time and attention to honor and the things around us, people around us in our lives, and we'll see what Jesus wasn't able to do because it's the attitude of the recipients that determines the blessing. And so I think we just make some short adjustments here. Let me give you two things real quick in the two minutes I have left. A minute each, here we go. First thing, what we found that causes dishonor here, just to be aware, familiarity. Isn't this Jesus? Isn't this a carpenter? We see his brothers, they're rowdy, they're running up down the streets. We know this familiarity. And we have to be careful because we can come to church or we can do things that's just too familiar to us, like it's a routine. I'm just doing church. You know what? I'm good at doing church. We're going to sing two fast songs, two slow songs. You know, maybe we'll break it up a little bit if we have a special music or something like that. And we're going to preach, whatever, we're going to do the offering announcements here. And it just becomes too routine for us. We've got to be careful. That's a trap. But I also want you to look at the word familiarity. You know the root word for familiarity is family? Isn't that interesting? And maybe, maybe it would be true that the place of greatest dishonor is right in our own homes. Maybe. Maybe it's husbands to wives, wives to husbands, Children to parents, parents to children. What would it be like if we took honor in our homes to a whole nother level? Young people, what would it look like if in your home you honored your parents at a whole nother level? Parents, what would it look like if you honored each other at a whole nother level? And if you've been married 40 years and you're here, God bless you, you can still bring honor to your spouse. You always can bring honor, do things that are honoring. None of us, don't let, because you've been married a long time, well, we've been together forever and Whatever, don't let familiarity put you at a place of dishonor. So understand that. So familiarity was one of the issues there. <clears throat> and I want to look at the second one. I told you to give you two. Here we go. In the passage, the other thing that brought dishonor was offense. They were offended. Offense causes dishonor. They were offended by him. And you need to know this. You can never honor that which offends you. You can never honor that which offends you. If you're offended by something or someone, you'll treat it different than what God wants it to be treated. Hey, you can be disagreeable and respectful at the same time. If you're offended by your government, if you're offended by your boss, if you're offended by your spouse, hey, if you're offended by your pastor, you can't receive that which you're offended by. If you're offended by your parents, and listen to me, I know, I was blessed with great parents. I know not everybody has that opportunity. And it's not about necessarily about them, it's about God. Now, I know that some, you would say, aren't deserving of it, and that may be true. But the principle of honor is still powerful. And you don't honor them because they deserve it, you honor them because God's asking you. Now, there's a difference, let me say this real quick before I close, I need to make this point. The Bible says children are to obey your parents. I'm not a child anymore, and I love and respect my mom, and she doesn't ever tell me what to do. She doesn't. She's great. She's no problem. I've asked her to offer her advice, and she does it lovingly. And, uh, 
But as a child, her, her son, I'm not obligated according to Scripture because I have my own life and I'm an adult to obey what she's telling me in my life, but I am commanded to bring honor to her. So it will be well with me, the Bible says. So children, yeah, you need to obey your parents, and one day you'll be out on your own. You'll always need to honor and honor your parents. It's a powerful principle, and the, the Bible is very clear about the results and benefit of that. So I just wanted to share that with you, kind of setting you up for next week, so make sure you come back. But I want to encourage you, this is a great principle for us to study because it's things that we can do immediately that will release the blessing of God in our life. Now understand, again, our motivation is not to do it to get anything. Our motivation is our love for God, and there is no one greater and worthy of honor than he. And anything and everything we could do to bring honor and glory to his name, we need to be about that. The benefit will come as we set our hearts to honor him for who he is. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. There is no other. He's the one who sent his son to die on the cross for you. He's the healer, the provider. He and he alone is worthy of honor. And many times we honor him by honoring the people round about us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.